Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So today we're starting a three, first of a three-part series called Location, Location, Location. Um, and I don't know about you, but one of my, not my favourite, but one of my one of my favorite TV programs on TV is Location, Location, Location. Anyone ever seen that? Yeah. Yes. So basically, when people need to buy a house, and I, lo- I laugh at the show because often, what's your budget? They need to, perhaps often they're moving a different, to a different location, different town, different city. What's your budget? And they'll say something like, um, half a million. <laughs> be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, I have different experiences, have like newlyweds, uh, young couples, or, or people that are trying to... Um, upgrade the house, etc. So, and one of the things about the show is often it is reinforced is it's not about the house. It's not about the house. It's all about the location. And uh, sometimes they, fall, they show them about three different houses and they've got to choose which one, if any of them, they, they like. And they might put an offer in if they like any of them or they might say, no, it's not for us. We'll keep looking. Um, and often they, they like a house, but it's not quite the right location. And often they set their hearts on a particular location that they really, really like. I remember seeing a show very recently, and um, they actually, the location wasn't just a, a broad location. It wasn't just a town or a city. It was a particular street. Wow. One particular street. And so they showed them there was no houses for sale on that street. And they thought, let's broaden the search out. So they showed them towns nearby which were very similar, streets that were very similar. But they set their hearts on a particular road, a particular street. End of the show, they didn't like anything else. They're very appreciative, but they kept their hearts on that particular street because that particular street was close to the shops, close to the, the key schools for their children, etc. Anyway, after, this, after they, they did the filming of the show, a few weeks later, a house came up for sale on their street. They put an offer in and they got it. For them, that particular family, it was all about the location, but all particularly about that street. And location is important because when you're for those of you who might know, when you're buying and selling a house, you know, your house, the more the people are interested in your location where you live, it's good for you if you're selling your house because it means your house is worth more money. But for those that are trying to buy a house in a sought-after location, it's worth more money, isn't it? Um, so that can be a challenge when you're trying to buy a house for the first time. The more they're interested in a street or road or location, it's all about the location. We know about this. When we f- bought our first house um, as fairly newly wed cu- wedded couple, uh, we bought a house in Coventry and uh, it was a lovely house. It was on the, I guess it was on the sort of, it was a lovely little close, but in a broader location that wasn't particularly well liked in Coventry. And we soon, we saw the, uh, this when we came to sell the house several years later, you know, some people moan that their house takes six months to sell. Some people moan when their house takes a year to sell. Our house took three and a half years to sell. And it was mostly, we think, that down to the location where we bought the house. A lovely house in a lovely street, but the broader location perhaps wasn't a sought-after area. In the end, it took a, a family moving into, a couple moving into, the, into town who... You knew that they were the land, but they bought the house off us. Three and a half years, church. Three and a half years. But we sold it in the end. We sold it in the end. 
Location is everything. And in life, we find ourselves living in different locations and living our life in different locations. We find ourselves in our physical location of our home, our house. We spend a lot of time in our home and our house. We find ourselves in the location of the workplace, whether it's a factory or an office, wherever the, the workplace where we work. We find ourselves in a situation of a, a place of learning. It could be a university. It could be a school. It could be mums doing the school run. Location is a, is a massive part of our life. We find ourselves on holiday, don't we, in different locations. But locations is a massive part of our life. We find ourselves this morning in a... I've got to get this right. In a church building this morning. Location is so important. But I wonder, in your different locations that you find yourself, do you ever find yourself wondering, is this it? Is this all there is? You might find yourself in the treadmill of living life, going from one location to the next location, thinking, is this really it? You might have a lovely job, and you might really enjoy your job, and jobs come with challenges, we all know that. But deep down, is this really it? Is there not more? Perhaps in your, in your home life, if, you're, if you've got children at home and you're, you're busy doing all the, the stuff with your children, doing the school runs, coming back, cooking dinners, etc. Is this all, it, all there is? Is there more to, to, to life? In the workplace, in different areas of your life, the different locations, is this all, all there is? Have we ever felt that deep down? There's got to be more to life. If you're a first-time guest this morning, and uh, perhaps you're not yet a Christian, I'm sure you've felt this in your life. People that come to church regularly here, I'm sure we've all felt this, whether we're Christians or not Christians, is there more to life? Now, we know that Jesus is the answer. And we'll talk about Jesus in this church all the time because that's the reason why we, we exist and why we do what we do. But we all feel reasons and the tension of, is there more to life? Is there got to be greater purpose in the different locations that I find myself? And over the next three weeks, we're looking at three different locations which affect every single one of us. And today we're looking at the f- location of the place of worship. The place of worship. I'm not going to tell you the next three locations. You have to come each week to find out. But the place of worship is uh, a place that affects us and can affect us and in different ways. I'm so glad that when it comes to the issue of the place of worship, but also that issue of finding purpose in our life, the Bible's got a lot to say, tell us about it. And so we've got this um, scripture here from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. And just bear with, with me as we just read this together. A well-known passage. So Jesus has died and, and, and gone to heaven risen again after that painful crucifixion that Leanne spoke about earlier. And uh, here we find the early disciples, the early apostles. And it says in chapter 3 and verse 1, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. So they go into their normal place. If you like, they're going to the church service. They're going together where other people are going together to, to pray to do something religious, to do something about God. They'd go in about their normal, normal day work to the temple at the hour of prayer. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms from those who entered the temple. So this man, 
We see he's about 40 years old, over 40 years old. And he's, he can't walk from birth. And every day they lay him at the gates of the temple so that he can ask for money to help him. He's got a genuine need because if you couldn't work in those days, you needed to support yourself. So that was his way of trying to get some money. And imagine the crowds going through to the temple gates to, to pray, as would be their custom. This man is saying, I don't know what he's saying. Can you spare some money, spare some change? Can you help me, please? A vast crowd probably going through the temple gates at this time. And verse 3, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. I don't think he particularly focused on Peter um, and John. I don't think he saw them and thought, oh, great, I'll ask these guys. I think he was just generally asking, can you spare some change? Can you spare some change? Can you spare some money? And in verse 4 it says, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So he asked for money. And maybe you've been asked for money in the street as you've walked past. And maybe sometimes you've walked past. Maybe you've acknowledged the person asking for money. On this occasion, he didn't walk past. He acknowledged he didn't have any money. But he says, Peter says he looked at him. He fixed his eyes upon him. Silver and gold I don't have. Money I don't have. But what I have, I'm going to give you. Maybe Peter had a sense that that day, God wanted to do something special in the life of this man who couldn't walk from birth, 40 years old plus. Perhaps he had a sense that God wants to do something. We in our daily life, we, we encounter many people, don't we, in our normal walk, normal going about our busyness, our business, in town, in our workplaces, in the factories. We meet people all the time. And this occasion was to be an occasion where this man's life was going to change. Because after he says, rise up and walk, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So leaping up, so he leapt, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Wow, imagine that you're this man who couldn't walk for 40 years and suddenly you find strength in your ankle bones, so much so, maybe you've looked at the temple, maybe you've wished with the crowds that you could go there and you could pray and do the things that everyone else was doing, but you can't. You rely on other people to, to lift you, to take you to the place where you can beg and ask for alms and suddenly his day has come. And he can do it. So he's walking to the temple gates and he's going, yippee! I wonder what you would have been like. Would you have been jump, jumping for joy? It says that all the people saw him walking and praising God. Were they looking at him because he was making a noise? Maybe. But verse 10, then they, then they knew that it was he who sat begging arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They recognized straight away that this man was the man that sat day by day at the temple gates, begging, asking for money. A normal day, a normal day, a normal day, a normal time when Peter and John are walking to the, to the temple at the, at the hour of prayer to pray. A normal time and suddenly, a suddenly breaks in into Peter and John's world, but also into this lame man's world. And so what happens in verse 11, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, 
all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded. Suddenly a crowd has gathered, wanting to know what on earth is going on. Peter saw it, he didn't ignore it, but he responded to the people. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or look, why look so intently at us? As though through our own power, godliness, we made this man walk. And he goes on to, I love Peter's sermons in the New Testament. Peter's sermons in the New Testament are pretty much, there's a guy called Jesus, the son of God, and you killed him. You put him to death, but he rose again. And that's the basic nature of Peter's sermons. And what happened in the next few verses is we find that the people are, are, are added to the church that time. But the, the group of the high priests and the group of uh, people called the Sadducees, which is a religious sect, didn't like people talking and teaching in the name of Jesus Christ, who they put to death. And so they asked them to come. They, well, they laid hands on them. They brought them before um, the, uh, the religious leaders. And they forbid Peter and John to talk and to teach in the name of Jesus. And Peter then again, standing before the high priest and the religious leaders at the time, said to them, you know, whether it's right before God or meant for me, to, me to, to, to speak in the name of Jesus, you judge. But I can't but help but speak of the name of Jesus. And verse 13 in Acts chapter 4 says this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Wow, what powerful words. The people realized that James and John had been with Jesus because of the boldness with which they spoke. I wonder when we go to our places of work or when we do life, wherever we find ourselves, I wonder if deep down people around us that perhaps don't yet know Jesus know whether we've been with Jesus. Know whether we're Christians, whether we've told people or not. When we went to France on holiday, we, I think it was two occasions, we, um, we met different people. And without saying, you're a Christian, we knew that these people were Christians. It was amazing. You get a sense, don't you, when people are Christians, often when you're a believer. And you're, but I wonder if people know that we're Christians, whether we've been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside to the council, they conferred amongst themselves, saying, What shall we do? For, these, for indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Wow. A remarkable, notable miracle had been done. Amazing. So what has this got to do with you and I today? What can you learn from this, this story? We're talking about that tension of the different locations we find ourselves in life. And sometimes we lose our purpose, and that's the mundane. What's this story got to do with it? Remember our first location we're looking at this week is the place of worship. And the first thing I want to say, the big idea is, church will help you get going and get growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Church will help you get going and get growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of of church. To get going, to get growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
So there's four quick things. The purpose of the church. If the purpose of the church is to get, help us to get going and get growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ, what can we learn from this story? Number one, understand you don't go to church. You are the church. You are the church. And I give you full permission. Because it, we, we think about it all the time. We always use the language, I go into church. Let's be honest. I'm going to church today. Did you use that today? Have you told someone, I'm going to church? But it's wrong. It's wrong. And it's so ingrained in our language and our culture. We don't go to church. We are the church. And Peter and John were going not to church because they are the church. They were going to a place of worship, the temple, to pray. Just like you and I have got out of our beds and got up this morning, had our breakfast maybe, and... uh, I don't know what you've overcome this morning to get to this place of worship, to get to this church service this morning. Well done for being here. And if you've got children, double well done. You're in a place of worship, you're in a best place, where together we can pray, where together we can worship Jesus, together we can learn and we can grow. But you didn't go to church because you are the church. Because Peter and John were going to a place of worship to pray. And on the way... On the way, they encounter someone, and God has got plans. It's just like you're getting into your car, you walk into this, this building today, and maybe on your way, maybe there wasn't someone outside the car park asking for money, but maybe in your travels, there could have been someone in the petrol station or the garage, someone on your way, and maybe you just felt a sense of a prompting. Be open to that, because God wants to change people's lives through you, because you're not because you go into church because you are the church. You are the church. I am the church. I'm not the church by myself. You're not the church by yourself. Collectively, we are the church. I love it. The, the Apostle Paul wrote half of the New Testament. He uses different pictures and metaphors about the church. One is the building, that we're all bricks of, the, of this spiritual building. Another metaphor he uses is that we are the bride of Christ. But another metaphor he uses is that we are the body of Christ. And in the body, there are different parts, hands and ears and eyes and everything. Jesus is the head. And sometimes in life, you might be gifted at something. You might be really good at doing something. And maybe you get frustrated because people don't see or hear as you see or hear. Because of the way that you're wired, your background, your personality that God has given you. So for example, maybe there are some ears in this room today. You are brilliant listeners. But your frustration is that people don't listen to you. Maybe there are people that are good seers. We call Sophia in our family, our middle child, the spotter. Because she's, like Leanne, spots everything. Sees something, oh, look at that. The eyes. Maybe the eyes aren't so good at listening. We're all different and we're all wired differently. And the body of Christ needs all of us, collectively, because we are the church. And you might be going about your daily business, your personality, your gifting, that God, the way God has wired you. And then in the way that God has wired you and created you, you might spot something, you might hear something, you might see something. And it might just be that God wants you to respond. Just like Peter and John responded that day and ultimately responded to the crowd. We don't go to church we are the church. And as the church of Jesus Christ, there are is, is plans and purposes for all of us to, to, to do. 
on a day-by-day basis. Did you get up this morning? Do you pray, God, thank you for this day. What do you want me to do today? I encourage you, pray that every day. It's a dangerous prayer because God will answer it and God will want to use you. But let's be people who know that we don't go to church. We are the church. You are the church. And they saw amazing things happen in the church. Secondly, the purpose of the church is to help you grow in maturity. And we, you see um, this banner here on my right, your left, which is our, our church vision statement. Life Community Church, a thriving community growing in maturity, ministry, and mission. And we just didn't pick up three nice words beginning with M. Because we prayerfully sought the Lord about what is it that God wants for us as a church. And the purpose of, of the church, the purpose of the ch- any church, the great church, is the great commission to go into all the world and make disciples. And the purpose of our church is to give, is to equip people to grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Every one of us has different starting points. Maybe you're not yet a Christian here today and you're on your starting blocks. You, you're, you're not sure what you think about the Christian faith. Maybe you just got going. Maybe you've been walking the journey of faith for many years. But for all of us, we can all take a step forward in growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And the church's responsibility is to help us to grow in maturity, to take that next step, whatever that might be, to grow in maturity. And one of the ways that we're just so passionate about in this church is, and you'll hear us saying it all the time when we don't, is we're passionate about small groups. When you break down big groups into small groups, you can really do life. And so we, we put things on like life groups so that we can come and attend and, and, and talk and do life together. Get to know each other. Remember the church is about the body. If Leanne was an eye, but she didn't want to be connected to, say, me and ear, well, that looked like a weird body, wouldn't it? But we, as we're connected together and, and spend time with each other in relationship, get to know each other, you might be going through a difficult time. Well, let's weep with those who weep. Let's support each other. You might be going through a brilliant time. You might have had a promotion at work. Well, let's celebrate together. Let's, maybe you've got a challenge. Let's pray together. And we can do that as church but we also do that in a small group setting. And I want to encourage you to just get connected in a small group. Let's, let's grow in our maturity. The purpose of the church is to help you to grow in ministry. Ministry is all about loving people. Loving people. And I, I thank God for all the different teams that we have in the life of this church. Ministry is a way of serving, but it's a way of connecting. If you want to feel more involved and more part of and build your relationships with people, get involved in a team. Get involved in a team, because you can do that. I thank God for the different teams that serve here. And maybe you've been thinking, well, I'd like to get involved in a team. Well, don't wait to be asked. Just ask someone. Ask anyone. Ask a team leader. Ask someone that serves in a team. How do you get involved? Ask me. You know, but before long, we'll probably ask you and see if you want to. But it's a great way of just building relationship with each other and serving other people with the love of Jesus. 
do you know what? We said this before, but hospitality team doing a brilliant job. But it's not about serving a tea and coffee and a biscuit. Anyone can do that. It's all about the way we serve and minister other people with a smile on our face. Open to God. Do you know what? Who's been served badly before in McDonald's or in a restaurant? I'm sure we all have stories. But we know when we've been served well. The person's gone out their way to help. Church is to help you to grow in ministry. And ministry doesn't just exist in the four walls of a, of a church building. Minister, we minister in our daily lives, in our workplaces. We're looking for opportunities and God will drop into your hearts. Go and have a little conversation with that person. They seem a bit upset today. Maybe they seem a bit lonely. Maybe you don't know what's going on in their world, but you just feel you've got to talk to them. Ministry is what we're all about. Using the gifts and the personality God has given us. And the purpose of the church is to help us to grow in those areas, both inside and outside the four walls of a church building. And finally, the purpose of the church is to help you to grow in mission. Help you to grow in mission. Wow. One of the greatest things that we can do is to reach out to other people. God, Jesus was called a friend of sinner, sinners. People that missed the best for God. Why? Because he hung out with people. Different sorts of people. He got accused of many things. But he wanted to see the best in people's lives. And God wants you and I to grow in our ability to reach out to people that aren't yet Christians. Aren't yet Christians. And one of the greatest ways we can do that is through relationship. That whole old saying, people don't care how much you know, so they know how much you care, is so true. It's so true. And once upon a time, you could stand up on a street corner and you could tell people, you've got to turn, you've got to, come, you've got to know Jesus. If you don't, you're going to go to hell. But these days, people will look at you and think you're crazy because there's no relationship. We live in a world which is all about relationship. No relationship, what right have you got to talk to me? It's absolutely right. But you, in your world, have got relationships that God has ordained. God has ordained. God wants you to reach those people that don't yet know Jesus. How can we do that? Well, you can strategically and prayerfully think, well, God, what maybe three people can I pray for this year? What three people who perhaps don't yet know Jesus can I pray for this year? And can I invite to church? We would love church to be so good. So good, a church service to be so good that people would come that don't yet know Jesus and like it so much and feel welcome, feel warm and, and, feel, you know, and be challenged and be changed that they come back next week. Wouldn't that be good? We want church to be so good that you feel confident that you could invite someone that you know in your world, in your, that you're related to, to have the confidence to invite someone here. That if they said to you and surprised you, yes, I'm going to come, that you wouldn't feel, oh, what, what's it gonna, how are they going to get on? But you would feel confident that the church service will be something that they could enjoy, even if they're not yet a Christian. It's about being strategic. It's about being intentional. It's not about just praying, God, may that person at, at work come to know you. 
with their relationship. It's all about that. But unless we ask, unless we invite, unless we keep asking, keep inviting. There's different surveys, but some of the surveys say if you, if it's not to invite someone seven times, then they might darken the, the doors of a church building. Seven times. So here's a challenge for you, for you and us all. Prayerfully think of three people. Someone some might say, well, I can, I can think about ten people. Well, no, let's well, think about ten people. Let's, let's keep it simple. Three people. In your world, in this location, that you can intentionally be asking that, that they may have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then you start to invite to different things. And we'll have different times when there'll be different guest um, opportunities where people... Where, Services are good, but we want church service to be so good that people can come who don't know yet know Jesus and then return the following week. So the challenge is, prayerfully think about three people. Prayerfully invite them. And don't give up after one, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time. Try and do it seven times. Obviously you don't want to nag them. You want to be sensitive. But just keep inviting. If you had the best kept secret, if you tasty went to a restaurant, it was so good. You wouldn't want to keep it to yourself. Leanne's been talking to us about Aldi every single week. <laughs> I went to Aldi one week. She said, can you do the shopping? I went to do the shopping. I put all the stuff in the basket. It took me eight hours. And then one thing about Aldi, they don't have carrier bags. So I had, I went to the, I, I had, I had Sophia in the seat. I had the, 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 the empty trolley. And he said to me, are you ready? I said, what do you mean I'm ready? Are you ready? So he parked up the trolley for me. He says, are you ready? I said, what do you mean? Well, when I say go, we're going to start. He said, one, two, three, go. And he, he scanned all the items really quickly. I was going, oh, like that. It's a nightmare. Ridiculous. Aldi. Stress. But if you had the world's best secret, you wouldn't want to keep it to yourself. We have the world's best secret. Let's not keep it to ourselves. Let's invite people. Pray, be intentional, invite, 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 invite seven times. Let's keep inviting people. And believe God that God will use you to invite people to a church service. God wants to help us to grow in mission. Church will help you get going and get growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the purpose of the church as a whole. For us to grow together, to get going. Maybe some of us on the starting blocks, we're not yet Christians. Maybe today could be a day where you decide to change your mind about who Jesus is and take that first step into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe some of us think, well, what's the next step for me? How can I grow today? Maybe you've got some challenges. You need to ask a brother or another church member to pray with you. We can do that. I'm really excited about this next thing. I wonder if you can show the slide. That would be great. We're launching something um, in the autumn. The slide's coming up now. Fantastic. What am I doing here? We, we, who's heard of the Alpha Course? Great. Alpha Course has been around for years. It's a worldwide course. Its, it's strapline is an opportunity to explore the meaning of life. It's pitched at people that aren't yet Christians, but also it's really good for people that perhaps want to just reinforce some of the basics of the Christian faith. Things like, who is Jesus? Things like, how and why should I read the Bible? Things like, how and why should I pray? Practical things, Alpha Course. 
And we're going to do it in 10 weeks, starting the 11th of October. And it says there, who can you invite? This is something we're putting on as a church, but we want to be missional or intentional about this. So number one, maybe you think, well, let's, let's, maybe it's something I could, I could go to. Maybe it's something I could get something out of. You know? But maybe some of you think, well, that's a, I, know, I know a lot about the Bible, a lot about, I know about the Christian faith. Well, perhaps it's for you to think, well, who can I prayerfully think about inviting to the Alpha Course? Who can I prayerfully think about inviting to the Alpha Course? That 10-week course. And then you could come with them so they don't come by themselves and bring them. And we'll have a great time together. Let me just quickly show you this, um, this video. It all starts with an invite. Last year, 2.5 million people around the world tried Alpha. Each one with a different, unique story about how they got there. I was invited by a friend. The girl I work with. My brother. A guy on my football team. My hairdresser. My mum. My housemate. My barber. My mate from school. Personal journeys just like mine begin because people all around the globe invite their friends and family to try Alpha. It all starts with an invite. It all starts with an invite. It all starts with an invite. Who will you invite? I love that. This is at the end. Invite a town, a nation, a generation. Wow. Who, who can you invite? Maybe the Alpha Course is something for you as a next step to grow in your relationship with, with Jesus that you want to attend. And we have a sign-up sheet at the back there. We invite you to, to, to sign up for that. There is a course handbook, and we just accept donations of £2 for that. But it, Maybe it's for you. But maybe, as a church, it's something for us to get behind and think, well, maybe I don't need to go to the Alpha Course, but I'd like to because I've got people that I'm going to invite. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to prayerfully think, have you heard about the Alpha Course? And God knows, just like fruit that's ready to be picked from a tree, God knows people that are ready to find out more. And the worst thing that can happen is that people find out about what it is to be a Christian, what the Christian faith is all about. That's the worst thing that can happen. But the best thing is someone might actually make a decision to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So we invite you to, to think about that, to pray about that over the next few weeks, and to sign up at the back on the, on the welcome table about who you can invite. I've gone, I'm going to hand it back to Leo. I'm going to pray right now. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I just know that. Wow. If each of us invited three people to church over the next year, and let's just say, me of little faith, one person of those three people came. We potentially would need a bigger building. We potentially would need to do things differently because this place would become too small. Because people have the opportunity of their lives being changed forever. Of people having the opportunity to grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. For some people to get going, for others to get growing. So this morning, I want you to think 
just in a silence right now of a moment, maybe of one, two, three names. God, put them on your heart even now. You can invite to a church service. You could invite to an Alpha course. You can just start praying for that God would give you the opportunity to invite them. A neighbor, a colleague at work, a friend. That their life could be changed as they go to that first location, which is that of the place of worship where Christians gather. And I pray, Lord, have you got your names? Have you got one name? I pray, Lord, you know who you're putting on our hearts right now. You know who you're challenging us to invest in. Maybe we've got to take a step of inviting them for coffee. Maybe we've got to take a step of going to visit them. Maybe we've got to take a step of just reaching out where they are. But I pray that you'd create opportunities for us to invite, to be an inviting church, an invitational church where we can invite people to come and hear some of the greatest things that have changed our lives forever. And I pray you'd give us opportunity and confidence to do this. And we believe in faith together that, Lord, we'd see even more people come through the doors of this church building because we dare to pray and we dare to invite. And we dare to expect to bring people to this place of worship. Lord, do you people good, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.